Hello, and welcome back to Character Speaks, a podcast in partnership with ProSign Design to spotlight passionate character educators who are walking the talk. I'm your host, Barbara Gruner, and today we are visiting with Wendy Kane up in Colorado about her role as a school counselor and her part in character education. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning, Barbara. Thanks for having me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for agreeing to to do this with me. I think we're recording episode number 13, and I'm pretty excited about sharing who I find on Twitter and out in cyberspace um, with them because sometimes just that connection is what they're looking for. If you would start this morning by telling us a little bit about yourself, that'd be great. So I am Wendy, and I am an elementary counselor in Gunnison, Colorado, as you had mentioned. Uh, This is my second year as the K-5 counselor, and it's just flown by. I can't believe how crazy a second year can be. I previously lived in an even smaller town, if you can imagine, called Del Norte, Colorado, where I was a K-8 counselor. And before that, I just kind of lived as a professional student and a stay-at-home mom. My background is I was interested in psychology I kind of knew that I wanted to go into a psychology field ever since I was in middle school. And as I grew through the profession and started looking at options, I became really interested in how I could help kids and families. And being a school counselor, working within the schools, connecting kids and community resources and families just seemed like the perfect fit. And I tell you what, there's nothing I'd rather do in the whole wide world. Now, uh, I know from experience it's a really hard job, and I've never done K-5 all at once because I was K-3 and then 3-5. Is that a pretty big job to keep track of all those developmental ages and stages? It can be. It's about 560 students is my caseload. But I, I'm able to break it down really well, and the teachers are so supportive of social-emotional learning and integrating that into their classrooms and coming to me for suggestions to working with students. So it's really those boots-on-the-ground teachers and the support staff that just make it flow so nicely. And do you have a favorite grade in that mix? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't know if I should say. I There's something I really enjoy about each and every grade. I love with the younger grades that we get to learn about emotions and feelings, and they're just starting to grasp those concepts, and we can do fun games with those sort of things. But then I love with the older grades how we can move into building on those concepts, and they start to build more concrete thinking around feelings and emotions and how to control those emotions, building relationships and uh, conflict resolution. And I have a lot of the older kids help make posters for around the school. So when we do our bucket filling unit, I usually have my fourth graders make their bucket filling posters. And so I think there's just something special about each grade that I really enjoy. That's an awesome answer. I know at, I used to kind of say, oh my gosh, if I went back, I would totally be a kindergarten teacher. But you know, that's easy to say when you get them for 30 minutes a month. I didn't even know if I could actually 
ever really be a kindergarten teacher. And then when I got moved to the intermediate, oh my gosh, fourth grade absolutely stole my heart. So when you talk about them making their posters, I imagine that those are just treasures. They do a really fantastic job. And I always love how they surpass my expectations and everything, every task I give them, they break through that ceiling and just, it's amazing to see how their minds work and they really start grasping all of these ideas of kindness and empathy. It's just so fantastic to see them grow. I'm so glad that your school has an emphasis on SEL. You're actually my first school counselor. I did speak with a school social worker in podcast episode number one, Amanda up in Massachusetts. But for the listeners, can I know this is a crazy question. Can you walk us through kind of a typical day in the life of a school counselor is if there is such a thing? Oh, goodness. Uh, I would say my days are anything but typical. Yeah. But what I try to do is... We do have a lot of collaboration time in the morning where we meet on students and how to help them grow and solution-focused strategies. And then I try to make myself available just in the front of the building to greet students and say good morning to parents, uh, touching base with students that might have struggled the day before, and pulling kids quickly that need check-in, check-out kind of services. And then my morning just kind of flows as I get referrals in or I'm meeting with teacher teams and soon I'll start adding in my classroom lessons. And my lessons typically, I'm trying something new this year where I'm coming in every other week in just 15 minute chunks. So kind of quick wow. getting their attention, front loading information, and then the next lesson will hopefully be an activity or some sort of project based learning to build on that. Oh, and then right. start small groups and parent meetings, meeting with community resources, recess duty, being called here and there and covering for each other. So every day is something different, which I think makes this a really fantastic job for myself. I love kind of being all over the place and having 20 projects going on at once. So I, I fit in really well with this kind of situation. Wow, that sounds amazing. I, I do kind of miss that a little bit. I, I, I remember at one o'clock thinking, is it nap time yet? Because, <laughs> yeah, you can be like exhausted in a good way. Like it's energizing, right? But it's also, it's also such a big, big job. Absolutely. And thank goodness for the kids that will fill your bucket throughout the day. And I think that's always what keeps us going. No question. I always gained my energy from the kids and really look forward now that I'm not at a school specifically to making those school visits. And even just, I saw one little girl helping a little boy tie his shoe the other day on one of my school visits. And just those moments, like you just want to, you know, watch and, and capture that kindness and empathy and, and collaboration. And I just love seeing that going on in schools. You mentioned solution focused, Wendy, is that um, kind of a new buzzword or is that something you guys have worked with intention to do when you collaborate? So it is something that was really hit on when I was going through grad school is to just be solution focused, uh, brief counseling in nature. And my building had 
I think kind of talked about it in the past, but we've made it much more our purpose last year and this year of wanting to really focus on the positives and what we can control and bringing up the strengths of kids and how we can play on those and build upon those. And I think it's been a really great thing to change our own language and that growth mindset of saying, oh, that kid, just they're always making mistakes. And instead we can say, oh, what a great opportunity to help them learn how to do better next time. And so I think it's been a really great thing for building on our positive language here. Nice. I think that's really important to have that common language. I know it's so easy to be a a problem admirer and say, oh my gosh, this kid, blah, 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 blah. So it sounds like that's kind of coming out of the growth mindset movement a little bit. Yes, absolutely. I adore the growth mindset. I try to build that in with kids. Every time I see kids, we always have the reminder of, oh, don't worry, buddy, you just haven't done it yet. And they go, oh, yeah, that's right. And just the other day, a kid came up to me and was telling me about a problem he had. He said, but I just haven't figured it out yet, Miss Kane. And I thought, oh, wow, he remembered. And it was just really joyous to hear that language coming from a student. Yeah, those small victories, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay, you mentioned a parent component because you said you love to greet parents in the morning. You also hold Love and Logic classes, correct? Well, our community uh, Department of Health and Human Services, they hold Love and Logic classes, actual like six-week sessions, which is amazing. And I hear that they do fantastic things. I'm always referring parents to that when they need help. But anytime a parent comes into my office and they say, oh, I'm having a struggle with my kid, we're having power struggles. I'm not sure what to say anymore. What can you do? Please help me. I'll do anything at this point. And I always make recommendations around love and logic and using that language. And so I kind of feel like I start that passion. I ignite that spark of getting them into the love and logic. And then I kind of pass it on to the experts in my community. But I would love to in the future host some love and logic nights or just a quick class refresher here and there at the school. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Okay. Well, you're still in your second year, so (laughs) give yourself some time. I know, I know I don't love this, but go slow to go fast. (laughs) Absolutely. I have learned that. I um, I did the strengths finder test and it turns out my number one strength is I'm futuristic. And so what it looks like is I always have these big, huge ideas and I'm thinking out of the box and I have to remember to rein it in and think of at least two or three big ideas I want to work on and keep it within my bounds so I can be successful. Yeah, that's really smart, that self-awareness piece. Did you do that with staff as well or with your kiddos? Uh, We did that with our whole staff in the elementary, and it was really neat to see people's strengths and how they fit into teams. And actually this year, our administration divided up our leadership teams by our strengths so that we would be really well balanced. And I'm really excited to see how that works and where everyone fits in. So if you're divided by strengths, wouldn't that be heavy-sided because you'd have too many like minds or explain how that's going to work? 
So I think the thought is, so I have myself as a futuristic, so I think outside the box, and then I might have someone who's more logical, and they might say, well, that's a great idea. However, what are some steps we need to take to get there? And so we have that balance of people that can have ideas, and then the people who can help execute the ideas. And so I think it'll work out nicely to balance where we can actually get things done and accomplish lots of great things. Seems like a really strong approach. Yeah, I think it's going to do wonders for our leadership teams. So in education on Twitter, you've seen the word silo. You know, teachers tend to silo. And and of course, the school counselor position, you could easily silo because there isn't another school counselor on your campus. So how do you keep yourself from becoming a silo? So what I try to do, fortunately, my assistant principal is a former school counselor. So I'm able to work through stuff with her. And it is so nice to have that expertise within my building. And actually, we are a one through eight building. And so I have two middle school counselors on the other side of the building that I can bounce ideas off of. But I mean, we're always so busy that we don't always get that opportunity. And I think that's where Twitter really comes in, where I can post something on there and do the hashtag school counselor chat and people can bounce ideas and building that professional learning network, I think has been so incredibly useful. And there's so many great ideas in the world. And I love to see all that sharing online so we can build on programs together and not always have to reinvent the wheel. And so I think the importance of being a silo and living in a small rural community like I do, we are very isolated and I don't have the opportunity to reach out with counselors beyond my district. So having those opportunities to connect with counselors through Twitter, through Facebook groups, any other sort of groups I can find online, blogs, chats, it's such a great and useful thing to have. Isn't it incredible how just one social media platform like Twitter is such a game changer? It is. It is so neat to see. And actually, a kindergarten teacher, hi, Jess McNary, she got me hooked (laughs) on Twitter. And at first, I was kind of like, oh, cool, this is interesting, I guess. And then once I started really getting into it and doing the chats, I was like, oh, my gosh, everyone, you guys, you got to get on Twitter. Like, Twitter is the best. (laughs) And I think people kind of think I'm a little crazy about it, but it's hard not to be crazy about it when it's so useful. The learning, I think, just explodes, right? And the connections and the camaraderie. It doesn't seem like you could do that through a computer, but it really, I, I agree, It's it's been incredible. I think I've been on four years and it's crazy. Yeah, it's really neat. And I love even how open everyone on Twitter is where I can message someone and say, hey, I saw you mention this program in a chat the other day. Would you mind telling me more about it? Or do you have a resource you could share? And people are so great about reaching out to each other. And I just find that so encouraging and heartwarming that we all are out there to support each other. Last year, after we went through Hurricane Harvey, we actually ended up hearing from people in 27 different states, four countries and a territory all because of my Twitter connections. 
They sent cards of empathy and encouragement and comfort. Sometimes they had collected gift cards for the children who'd been displaced. They did dance-a-thons. They did, you know, you can wear a hat for $2 and took up collections. It was unbelievable just in my building with what happened over Twitter, how people wanted to take care of us and um, encourage us. So we, of course, just passed the one year, and now we're going to have that same opportunity with the Carolinas as those people braced to possibly go through what we went through. Absolutely. And I just love seeing that there's still so much good in the world. And there really are a lot of people out there willing to make a difference. And even my daughter is in middle school and she's part of the student leadership and they are starting to do a fundraiser. And I told her, hey, it would be really cool if your fundraiser went directly to help those schools. And so I hope that they kind of go in that direction. I think that would be really neat to help support another middle school or even just a district in general. And I think that really teaches these kids how connected we really are and how we can be responsible and empathetic for each other. And I just think that's really fantastic. Yeah, me too. Kind of breaks down those walls. Okay. So switching gears, you're a mom, you're a school counselor, um, you're a friend, I'm sure, to people and a volunteer. You cannot overflow where there is no flow. So how do you care for Wendy? Well, one thing I've started to do is I used to always bring my laptop home with me. And I've started on the weeknights leaving it at school. I leave my job. It's where my job belongs. I need time to rejuvenate and be with my family and build those connections and supports. And I think that that's really important to be able to have that disconnect because I am such the person that I would be up till 10 p.m. creating lesson plans and working on group ideas for kids. And I kept thinking, wow, I'm not going to be able to give to kids if my cup is empty. (laughs) So I needed to take that time. I also try to make sure that I am getting time with friends and building those relationships, taking time to read and reflect is really important, trying to get away on the weekends. So I think there's all sorts of different ways to refill my own cup. One thing I especially love is to do things for others. I think that that is just one great way to fill your bucket. And I'm always telling kids that if you fill someone else's bucket, it's going to fill your bucket up too. And it's so funny how as adults, we have great ideas and advice for kids. And so often we forget to take that advice for ourselves. (laughs) I think it took a moment for me to go, oh yeah, we could probably be doing that as adults as well. And just continuing to build those connections and relationships. And I stress the importance of we are a family at this school and we've got to take care of ourselves, to take care of each other, to take care of the kids. And I think that's something that we always need to recognize. And so you're doing some reading in your downtime. Do you have a favorite book that you'd like to recommend or even a children's book that you use with your kiddos beyond the bucket filling series? Wow, that's a great question. I have lots of favorite <laughs> books, but 
I will say one of my favorites is a book called First Person Plural, and it's by Cameron West. And it is his true account of his life with dissociative identity disorder. And I believe he has 24 different personalities. And it's just such a fascinating read. And from the perspective of someone who's actually gone through it, and I believe it's a book I've probably had to buy at least five or six times now because I always loan it out because it's so (laughs) good. But then I always want my copy. And it's just such an intriguing read and I think for some of us in the mental health profession, it's profound to read about the struggles behind someone who has actually gone through the struggle. And it really builds that piece of that empathy and that learning and that understanding. And I think that's really important for us to know about. Um, A children's book. Gosh, I'm looking over at my bookcase and I am such a huge fan of bibliotherapy and reading books with kids to help them understand their worries. Uh, A great one I read this year was called The Bad Seed. And it really touched my heart. And I actually did a read aloud to my whole staff. And I almost had to stop because I just had tears in my eyes thinking about all the kids that in their heart, they're thinking, I don't want to be bad. I don't come to school to be bad. I really, really want to behave and be good. I just have a really hard time with it. And I just hope it touched my staff's hearts as much as it touched mine. Doesn't that shift the focus from, yeah, we all want to be good. We just maybe don't know how. And then, of course, the power of the word yet, because I think we sometimes didn't get that in our teacher training. Like, was I supposed to teach kids how to be good? Because I assumed they'd come to me kind of good so I could (laughs) do my Spanish or whatever my content is. Yes, absolutely. And it's such a learning thing. I'm constantly reminding others and reminding myself that And I love this quote, something along the lines of, when kids don't know how to read, we teach them. When they don't know how to do math, we teach them. When they don't know how to behave, we punish them. Mm -hmm. When we should be looking at it as a teachable moment and we're teaching them. And I always think, gosh, these little guys that are five, they've only had five years of experience being a human. That's interesting to think about. And they maybe have had only two or three years trying to practice building relationships and making choices within a school setting. And here we are as adults having several years of experience and we still make mistakes and expect that we will get forgiveness and be able to grow from our mistakes. So it's just that shift in perspective. Yeah. And that's going to take some time. I think we're coming along with that. I I love the idea that there's more grace and, and more latitude and more, um, you know, just, just understanding that, especially you're talking about a five-year-old, they weren't even talking legibly or co- coherently for those first, what, three years, four years. So yeah, one of my principals used to say, well, gosh, they've only been on this earth seven years, or they've only been on this earth 10 years. And so, you know, we just, we just don't want to be assuming all of that knowledge. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so how can listeners connect with you, follow you, grow with you, find you out there? So on Twitter, my handle is at Ms. Kane Counselor. It's K with a K, 
like Citizen Kane. Okay. That is probably the best way to follow my educational pursuits. And I look forward to having some new followers and following some new faces and learning from each other. And then what's next for you? Possibly, I don't know, are you going to write a book? Are you going to, what's your big goal for this year? So I, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm co-teaching a patio PD class right now with a coworker. And this coworker and I often talk about writing a book someday and we just have to get the right idea. But this conversation around podcasts came up and we thought, how cool would it be to have a district-wide podcast? Because we have another school building that's about 30 miles away from us. And we're a little disconnected between the buildings. And we thought it would be really neat to connect each other through podcasts and get perspectives of other teachers or even a lunch lady, a student, a uh, aid that works in the classrooms and just building on each other and hearing about our own perspectives and differences within our own district. No question. That sounds amazing. I want to go back to Patio PD. Whose patio are you on? So we travel around to different patios at different houses. It started at my house and we just meet and there's plenty of food and we have great discussions. And so last year we did a patio PD for Kids Deserve It. And this year we're doing a patio PD for Be the One for Kids and the Growth Mindset Coach. And so it's various teachers throughout the district that sign up and it's we have book readings and activities and discussion. And it's just a really great opportunity for us to connect outside of the school day. And I haven't read Be the One yet by Ryan Sheehy, right? Yes. But I highly recommend Kids Deserve It as well as the Growth Mindset Coach. Wow, you're picking some really strong titles. And the teachers have responded that they love it. They appreciate having these perspectives. And the Kids Deserve It one, I feel like, really sparked a movement with several teachers and I started making sure to pass out my copies to teachers that maybe didn't get to do the patio PD, but I just think it's one of those rejuvenating, light your fire books, and same with Be the One, where it just gives you that passion of, yes, here is my why. I am here to be the one for kids. I'm here because kids deserve it. I'm not too terribly far down the road from Todd Nisloni, who's one of the co-authors, and so on our way back, taking the boys to college, my husband and I stopped by his school with some sonic drinks to just kind of thank him for his inspiration. And he carved out some time and gave us a tour of Webb Elementary. It was so amazing. Wow, that is pretty lucky. I'm actually reading his stories from Webb right oh, now. Nice. And that has a lot of inspirational stories coming from all sorts of different staff as well. And he is just such a fantastic person. Him, Adam, welcome. I mean, the entire community, uh, all the Dave Burgess people, everyone on Twitter. It's just so fantastic to have this wonderful, inspiring, motivated group of educators. I'm so thankful that you would visit with us this morning. I see that our time is almost up. Is there anything else that I haven't touched upon that you want to share with our listeners before we sign off today? 
I just want to say continue to do great things for kids and hey, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Wendy Kane, so much for being with us today. I want to remind my listeners that this podcast is supported by ProSign Design, a family-owned business dedicated to character, safety, and organization. Join us next week as we continue the conversation about character education, connections, and life. If you'd like to, go ahead and review us on iTunes. And in the meantime, remember that character 